the third Sunday of Easter, April 26, 2020. Sermon titled, A Burning Patience. Our scripture meditations for today can be found in the description below. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In the last bunch of years, I've become accustomed to a fairly fast-paced, easy lifestyle. When I want to watch something, I can just scroll through Netflix or Hulu or YouTube or Amazon video from the comfort of my couch and probably find whatever it is that I'm looking for or something to at least waste the time with. And speaking of Amazon, if there's anything that I need or maybe more so anything that I want, I could just browse through the million of items on Amazon and have it shipped in just two days or even one day. And if I'm hungry, I could just walk out my front door and walk down the street to Ale Mary's or Lee's or Johnny Rad's Pizza or Sip and Bite or Be More Licks and the list goes on and on and on. In merely seconds or minutes, even just hours, anything that I could think of or desire, I could have it in my possession. Even if I'm thinking of a particular song, maybe one from my childhood boom, on my computer or on my phone, I could have it through the music streaming services that we have. And this type of easy lifestyle and this type of instant gratification has worn down my patience to a thin shell of what it used to be, and I think I'm lacking a little bit in that virtue. Now, I'm not saying that all this technology is bad and that we need to go back to a horse and buggy type of postal service delivery, but now that our way of life has shifted during this pandemic, I've noticed people's patience to be much shorter than they used to be, myself included. Many of us are aggravated, we're depressed, we're limited in our interactions and our travel, and we're feeling the monotony close in and the pressure of the day-to-day repetition choke us, and we're feeling oppressed. And over these last couple weeks, I've been reflecting back on God's people's exile and their numerous captivities throughout scripture and history in general. Captivity to the Assyrians, to the Egyptians, and to the Babylonians. And that Babylonian captivity lasted 70 years. And during these times, there was a longing, a groaning, a lamenting to return back to Zion, to return back to where they should be. And throughout the scriptures, there's words spoken of God's plan for his people, even though they groan and long and lament. And if you've ever read through the Old Testament, you'll find this language sprinkled throughout the scripture. One of these famous scripture verses that we like to quote often is from Jeremiah chapter 29, and it reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. These are beautiful words spoken by the prophet Jeremiah from the Lord. But let me set the context in which these words occur. God's people have been captive and uprooted by the Assyrians for roughly 20 years. And now the prophet Jeremiah comes to call Judah to repentance and then to announce that there'll be another captivity by the Babylonians. But God will establish a new covenant with his people. And so a couple chapters earlier from the verse that we just read, Jeremiah speaks of that 70 more years of captivity under Babylon. 
They're going to be set free from the Assyrians because Babylon will overthrow the Assyrians. But hey, you still have some more time of difficulty ahead. During this exile and during this captivity, Jeremiah then writes those famous words from that verse that we read. I know the plans I have for you. He writes those words in the midst of their second captivity. And during this time, even amidst their exile, even amidst their captivity, God's people do prosper. A few verses earlier in chapter 28, Jeremiah tells the people of God this, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. And seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on the city's behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord." And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I have sent you into exile. The Lord tells his people to continue in their vocations as fathers, mothers, sons and daughters, and even civil citizens. Continue in their duties and do not veer from the word of the Lord. Do not fall victim to the false prophets or the dreams that they might have that are contrary to God's word. You see, the Lord has set before them a path. And while that path might be difficult at times, he is in control and he has made their path straight. Restoration and salvation lies ahead on God's path. He will hear his people who call upon him and who are seeking him where he is to be found. And as the scriptures unfold, we see God keeping his promise, not only in returning them back to Zion, building them another temple where they can truly worship, but he also keeps his promise of visiting them and dwelling among them through his son, Jesus Christ. God truly has a plan to prosper them, to give them a future and a hope. And that hope is fulfilled twice, first in their return to the promised land and second in their hope in the promised land of heaven through the coming Messiah. And so while their patience might burn within them during their captivity and their exile, they have a hope, they have a future. We can take notice and some notes of this story of God's people and their instruction to stay the course, and their instruction to continue in their vocations. And while God's people's vocations may have shifted in that unique situation of their captivity, so have ours as well. 
we might be exiled from our own mini Zion of St. James or whatever church body you belong to. We too might be captive to our homes or the small sphere of interactions that we have, but we're called to stay the course. We're called to continue in our vocations as fathers and mothers, as sons and daughters. And while our vocations of work and our civil duties may have shifted during this pandemic, there are still callings for us to fulfill during this time. Fathers and mothers who've shifted into the vocation of being a teacher. Sons and daughters who have shifted into the vocation of being caretakers of their own parents. Whatever the shift is, do it diligently, for the Lord has plans for you. And we've seen these plans. We've seen Jesus with our own eyes, and these eyes have been opened up just like the two on the road to Emmaus in our gospel reading. Our hearts are burning right now as we long for and desire to return to our sanctuaries, those mini Zions, and to gather together to partake of the Lord's Supper. But our calling right now is to care for our own homes and families and for others who might be susceptible to this virus. Therefore, if the Lord has fulfilled the ultimate plan that he has had for his people through the shedding of the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and he's fulfilled his promises and plans for his people through the numerous examples in scripture and the countless examples throughout history, then he'll certainly see us through this time in our lives. The Lord is steadfast. He's long-suffering for his people. Thanks be to God for the examples in the scriptures of his faithfulness. Thanks be to God for his fulfillment of all things through Jesus Christ. It's okay to burn with patience. It's okay to burn in the heart. During this, cry out to the Lord because he has promised to listen, and he has heard, and he does deliver. Our epistle reading for this Sunday says, If you call on him as Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. That word being Christ And that word that you have access through these holy scriptures, right in the midst of your own homes. So yeah, it's not a great situation to be in right now. And we long for and we desire the fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ once again. Our hearts burn and our patience wanes. We feel held captive and we feel as if we're in exile from our sanctuaries. But we've been given tasks to accomplish even now, amidst this virus. Fear and love the Lord above, who is truly in control. He's set a path for us and he's shed light upon it. Christ, the light of the world, who is the lamp unto our feet, guide us in these trying times. Restore to us that peace which surpasses all understandings. Pray to the Lord daily that he might give us patience, even as our hearts burn so that we can use this time to strengthen our faith, so that we might be able to proclaim Him at all times and in all places. Give us that patience also to wait for and endure 
until we are brought to that final promised land in heaven with Christ forever. Amen.